Press on to victory. Victory is in Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, and our King. And we can say that confidently because today is Resurrection Sunday. Thank you for making the time to join us, family and friends, as we celebrate the goodness of the Lord and we welcome our families, our friends, our bosses to this Resurrection Sunday. Yes, there's nobody who can dispute the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Those who have tried to do it have ended up being converted because the evidence is so overwhelming. And today, we'll look at the benefit of the resurrection and I trust that will anchor your faith in him, make you bold to serve him, and make you fruitful as you wait for his coming. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Because you live, we are also alive. Because you are coming again, we live for you. Make us bold, strong, and confident that in all things we experience your victory. It is in your name, even the name of Jesus, that I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. What are the benefits of the resurrection? This year, our theme as a church is unshakable faith. And let me tell you one thing. The unshakable faith we talk about, yes, we use the Psalm 125. It's like the mountains that surround Jerusalem. But truly, in the New Testament, our unshakable faith is in the resurrected Jesus, the ascended Jesus and the one who is coming back again very soon. I like reading stories of bravery, stories of people who have hope, stories of people who stay until what they are expecting happens. There was this man who was stranded when his plane was blown in a war. He crawled into a desert, and finally he found an island. When he went to the island, people were going to attack him, and he raised his hand, and they understood what that meant. I am defenseless. Don't help me. Don't hurt me. I'm defenseless. So they allowed him to stay there. But they watched this man. He had a very, very weird ritual as they saw it. Every evening, you find a big pole or tree and climb there and put up a flag. Then in the morning, you pick some sticks and light the bush. They don't know what he was doing with the bush, but all they saw was that when the smoke is going up, you also be looking up and waving a flag. Well, they watched him for a while. And one day, they saw something that they thought was a big bird or animal or something coming down from the skies, and it took the man away. They were villagers. They had no idea where the man was going. But you and I today know, or as you can guess, this was a prisoner of war who had run away. He was sending signals that his army should come and rescue him because he was one of them. And finally, they rescued him. The benefit of the resurrection is in Christ. In Romans chapter 6, verses 3, 4, and 5, Paul wanted the Romans to know that the burial, the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ benefits them. And you and I should also know that it benefits us. What does it say? You see, when you and I become Christians, we are so excited. But later on, the excitement gets dull. 
because we live in this world, we see the troubles in the world, we are just normal. Like that man was normal. Every day he would be wandering around the island. But that man kept faith and hope alive by constantly lighting that fire and waving that flag because he knew he would be resurrected, if I may say, or he may be found one day when his army is flying around. So these Romans and all Christians who have become born again, Romans 6, 3 to 5, talks about our burial, our resurrection with Jesus Christ. That verse simply says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death, were buried therefore with him by baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the death by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. What does that verse say in simple terms? People who had believed in Christ were becoming discouraged or they didn't have so much hope. They had been overcome by the trials of this world. Financial problems, COVID problems, marital challenges, pressure from government, pressure from enemies can cause you and I to be discouraged. Today, friends, you have been invited here. The Lord has invited you here to join in celebrating the great victory of Jesus Christ on this day of resurrection. And let me tell you, the power of the resurrection lies in the victory. And this verse, or these verses talk about the past, the present, and the future. What did you say? Do you not know? If you are to read that Romans chapter 8, you find Paul talking over and over and over about know. Knowing means not just head knowledge, but heart knowledge. Knowing your position in Christ. Knowing the victory that Christ has won for you. So, today, as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we are talking about the benefit of the resurrection, the unshakable faith that we have in Jesus Christ, it takes us to the past. Those Christians had been baptized. But the primary interpretation of that verse, do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Paul was not talking primarily about water baptism. He was talking about the Holy Spirit taking you when you confess your sin. You say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, receive me. Lord, forgive me. When you did that in the past, or if you haven't done that, you'll do that today. He took you from the kingdom of darkness and put you in the kingdom of light, the kingdom of his dear Jesus Christ. That is the baptism into Jesus. Then we're buried therefore with him by baptism into death. It's just like we bury somebody in the grave. When you lower the person, you are lowering the person to be in the grave. But our sins were taken away by Jesus Christ. The spirit took it away. When Christ went down, went to Hades, where Satan is, he defeated him and took the keys away. But the glorious news is that he rose again. And he rose again and he lives forever. So in the baptism that people had, if they had water baptism, it was a drama of the spiritual thing that Jesus had done in their lives. And let me just add, that is why we in this church and other believers do not believe in the baptism of infants. That's another story. But what baptism tells us is that the Holy Spirit has done something in the life of the believer. He looked back to the past, 
After you confess, your sins were taken away. In the present, they were buried. But it also looks to the future that just like we were united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. So for those Christians who were confused in Rome, those who were confused by those autocrats and dictators, those who were confused because their loved ones had died, those who were confused and nervous because there was so much trouble in the world. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 to 5, talks about the Spirit baptizing them, talks about the Spirit energizing them. And that is what I want you to also know today, that we have an unshakable faith in Jesus Christ as the benefit of his resurrection. It is not just a 2,000-year-old history. Jesus did not die for his own benefit. He had no qualms. He had no doubts about who he was. He knew he was the Son of God. And if he were to die, he would go to the Father. He's dead and gone to the Father. And the question is, if he died for you, or since he died for you, how are you living for him? That's why in verse 4, that if it is true that you died with him, you have been raised to new life in Jesus Christ. Oh, friends, that new life, is it a new life of having faith in Jesus Christ? Is it a new life that means you are soaked in him? Your character is being transformed. You acknowledge that you are a messenger of Jesus, declaring his goodness wherever human beings are found. If you have money, it is money for the work of Jesus. If you are educated, you are educated to bring glory to him. If you are married, your marriage should bring glory to him. Even if you are going through suffering, not suffering because of your sins, but suffering due to some hardship, can you even ask him for that boldness to overcome? If you need answers, revelation, as to the things that are happening around you, can you ask him to help you? So the present life in which we live, we are supposed to live in the power of the resurrection. That is how we benefit from resurrection power. That is what shows that we have unshakable faith in him. All the saints of old had unshakable faith in him. I've seen people close to death and they are still saying, it is well, it is well, it is well with my soul. It's not because they are stupid. It's not because they don't know that they are dying. It's not because they have not heard what the doctors have told them. But like Job, I know that my Redeemer liveth, and I will be raised again to walk with him. People who have such faith and hope in God have been known to overcome all kinds of trials. And the important thing is that sometimes it is not easy for the person going through that trial or tragedy to carry that load himself or herself. But the company of the brethren the companionship of the brethren, the reminder of the brethren who caused these people to be cheered up. Can you remember what happened recently when the Black Stars went to Nigeria to play? They brought all kinds of people to come and play, or play, to come and shout, and shout, and shout for them to win. Did they win? Well, technically, it was 1-1 draw, but who won? Ghana. The point I want to make is simple. People can make all the noise and all the noise by their technicalities. We are not talking about noise. We are talking about the victory that Jesus Christ has already won for us. 
So whether the black stars were cheered by 1,000 people or not, at the end of the day, they became victorious. Why? Because of the rules of the game. Do you not know that Christ has died for you, Christ was resurrected for you, and Christ is coming back for you again? So don't leave as a defeated Christian. We've invited you here, friend, family, boss, to enjoy and live this resurrected life. Your past has been taken care of. Your present is provided for. And by all means, be sure of this. No matter what happens, it is Jesus who has the final say. Not the wars in Russia, nor the wars in Ukraine, nor those who cut people's head off as bad as those are. Not the hunger and famine we are going through, as bad as they are. That is not where the final say is. The final say is in Jesus. And one of the amazing things that Jesus did for us is that he knows we as human beings, we easily forget these things. So apart from the symbolism of baptism that he left for us, before he died, he left the believers with another symbol. And that is what we call the Lost Supper or the Communion. Incredible. Jesus was suffering. He was about to die. He was discouraged. And his disciples were wondering, Master, what is all this about? He had a meal with them called the Passover. When the Jews celebrate the Passover, they celebrated God's redemption when God took them from Egypt overnight and sent them on the way to Canaan. Jesus was saying, look, we celebrate this every year, but I personally, I would not celebrate the Passover with you again until the kingdom comes. Hallelujah. Assuring them that anybody who believes in him, there will be a resurrection. They will be there with him. There will be a lamb dinner and we shall be there. Let me ask you, will you be there? Will you enjoy with him? Will you re be resurrected with him? If not, you've come to the right place. Have an unshakable faith in this Christ. So on that day, which some refer to as Monday, Thursday, the sorrowful Jesus had the Passover meal with his disciples. They were with him. They were watching him. Suddenly, Jesus staged another drama. He took the bread, the bread that they would have eaten, and said, this bread represents my body that is broken for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. As they were wondering what he meant by that, which you and I, who are living after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, should understand. Then he took the cup. And he looked at the cup. As Jews, they understood very well what that cup meant. The cup meant the blood. And from the Old Testament, times of the Passover, they all knew that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. But Jesus is telling them, this cup represents the new covenant in my blood, my own blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. Drink this. Then he said, brethren, I would have loved to do this with you but I will never and ever do this again with you 
until the kingdom comes. But as often as you remain on earth and do this, do it in remembrance of me. I'm sure the disciples were there and they were confused because Jesus was telling them something that was about to happen. They were sad. They didn't have exactly the meaning of what he was telling them. But you and I, who are here, must have joy in our hearts. When we read the scriptures and when we take that Lord's Supper that we take today, that apart from the Spirit baptizing us and the water baptism that you have received, being dead in Christ, buried with him, raised to walk in newness of life, and certainly looking forward to the resurrection, you also give us a symbol of the Lord's Supper. Now look, my beloved, this guarantees that you must have an unshakable faith in me. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. That I look forward to that day when I will invite you to a party. Oh, do you love parties? You may love them, but there are some people who will never invite you and I to their parties because we are not qualified. What they eat there, what they drink there, what they do over there, you have no idea and they know when you come there, you'll be a joke, killjoy. They won't, invite, they won't invite you. But the Lord of all lords says, I would have loved to, but it will only happen again when I invite you to that feast. So, what does this do for us? He linked his death, burial, and resurrection to your death, burial, and resurrection. And what should that mean for you and I? First, we should be full of gratitude that, Lord, you came to show me the way. I was once a sinner, but you died and took my sins away. Lord, I thank you. Secondly, you should be full of gratitude that, Lord, the life that I now live, I live by faith in you, the one who died for me, who is willing to fill me with your spirit, who has given me gifts to keep on serving you until you come. Deadly. The one who has promised to equip me to do all great things. Like Paul can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you need, do you lack, do you wish? Ask for it from him and he will give it to you. Number four, are you looking forward to his coming? When he comes, he's coming, he's coming for reward and judgment. Reward for the good things you've done. And, of course, if you talk about the God of justice, then remember all those who have lived outside Christ, all those cheating and lying and twisting justice in this world, who live as if the devil is their master. One day, when that Lord comes, the Lord who defeated Satan in the tomb will defeat them and their master and will be confined to hell. That is the unshakable faith we have in our God. And I commend him to you this day. Live for him. These are the benefits of the resurrection. By preaches loud. When you live here, they ask you, what does it mean? Say, I know the benefit of the resurrection and I'll live for it. The Lord grant you joy, faith, and courage in him this day and every day. In Jesus' name, you are blessed. Remain blessed. Amen. Here we are.